Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so glad that you are here, and I am so excited to interview the person that is on the other side of the screen because she is just absolutely amazing, and she is doing some amazing things in the world, and I can't wait to highlight her story and have her share some things that is going to help you in your life as well. But before we get started, I have a favor to ask. I want you to take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode and post it on your social media. When you do, I just need you to do two things. Number one, tag us here at A God Shift. And then number two, I would love to just hear your biggest aha moments or your biggest takeaway from this episode. And prior to me joining the net, the podcast network that my guest and I are both a member of, I never even looked at the number of downloads that I had because frankly, I cared more about getting this information into the hands of people than I did the number of downloads. So this has nothing to do about vanity metrics, but I do have a mission and a commitment to building the kingdom of God and letting people see that regardless if their life is going well, or if there's some things in their life that is asking them, Lord, I don't know what in the world you're doing, that, that there's actually hope on the other side of both of those situations. So thank you in advance for sharing that. All right, I'm going to read my guest bio, and then we're going to get into what I know is going to be a fabulous conversation. So my guest today is the host of the award-winning Raising Christian Kids podcast and is an award-winning Christian children's author and executive producer of the animation series Sea Kids, which can be seen on Pure Flix, Right Now Media, Answers TV, and Minnow. She holds three masters in biblical theology and is an adjunct professor at South Florida Bible College and Theological Seminary. She is so thankful that God chose her to establish her nonprofit organization, Raising Christian Kids, to help families raise the next generation to never walk away from their faith due to the ever-increasing anti-Christian secular culture. How important is that? I want to welcome to the show Leanne Mancini. Well, thank you, Shane. I'm so happy to be here and to join you, uh, ready to just converse here and share information and feed the souls that are listening. And, um, and, and I'm asking for many blessings for you and everything you're doing as well. Thank you. You don't know this. I didn't share this with Leanne um, when we were in the green room, if you will. But uh, Leanne, I met you in August of last year, which was August of 2022, you and I are both members of the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. And I met you at that conference. And from the very first time that I laid eyes on you before you ever opened your mouth, I said, there is something special about her. 
And then in a couple of the other sessions, as the days went on, I had the opportunity to not only have a couple of brief conversations with you, even if it was just like, get this book right here, which I did go by, you know, how to market, you know, how, how to market Christian books, or just listening to you, you know, answer questions during some of the different seminars. It just further confirmed that there is something very, very special about you. And I know that God is pleased with um, with the with who you have become and the work that it is that you're doing. So I just thought I would share that with you before we got started. Oh, thank you. And I remember you. I said, boy, she's a young, upcoming, very intelligent, very pretty young woman working hard for the kingdom of the Lord. I remember. Well, thank you. So I've been looking forward to this for some time. Not that we haven't gotten to know each other a little bit better through our other connections since then, but I've been looking forward to this conversation since you booked. So I want to give a little bit of a context to the conversation before we get into it, because when most people hear the name of my platforms are God shifts, I get a lot of oohs and ahs just because of the the shtick that it has, the you know kind of cleverness that it is. But nobody has a clue what the heck a God shift is. So by definition, I think a God shift is the moment that you ditch disruption or delay in your life. You collide with God's purpose and it ultimately moves you into the next level of destiny that God has for you. And my message in this season is how it is that we can actually participate in that process. Not that God needs our help, but he actually desires that we co-create with him in this process. And I say that one of the ways that we can actually partner with God in the process of getting into the destiny that he has for us is by us using our kingdom authority. And my own personal definition of kingdom authority is just, listen, there are 44 scriptures in the Bible that talk about dominion and authority. And it tells us all of the things that we are able to do as children of God. And I say, you know, we have the opportunity to actually partner with scripture to, to assist in making things happen in our lives. I heard a pastor say one time, we can't do it without God and he won't do it without us because we actually have a role to play in his will for our lives. I think about John 14 and 12 when it says, greater works than these shall you do in my name because I'm going to the father. And so when I hear that, I think, okay, God is already in heaven. Jesus left the earth to go sit at the right hand of the father. And now the one thing that is left is the Holy Spirit within us that actually gives us power and authority to like operate in a certain way on the earth. So I always start all of my episodes off, Leanne, by saying, what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? Well, I have to say that you hit it right on the head. It's the Holy Spirit. It, you know, we have that dual nature that dwells within us that we fight against. In my flesh, I can do nothing. I'm right. sinful. I'm depraved. But because the Holy Spirit dwells within me, it's through the Holy Spirit that I have authority and that I can do all things. And so that I, I just I agree with you totally that the authority that we have, the the word of God is a living word, okay? And it feeds our souls and our minds and our hearts. But the spirit that's in us helps us to connect the spirit, the mind, and the heart to God's word to do great things. Mm -hmm. And so we may not see God working in our lives sometimes, but those believers who believe in him, he is working. It's, it's almost like um, Esther, the story of Esther. He, he was working behind the scenes, we, you know, and so I want Christians to understand or your, your audience to understand that even though you don't see him working, his authority is always working through you. 
And you're working side by side with the Holy Spirit and everything you do is just pray for that guidance. Every day I say, Lord, empty me of me, fill me with you. Let all my words, actions, and deeds, everything I do and say, and every choice I make be all of you and none of me. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you describe it as working side by side. I heard someone say last week that God is not looking for a a subcontractor. He's looking for a co-creator. You know, he actually, it's a partnership. That's why it's called a relationship. You know, we hear, you know, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Well, I don't know about you, but there's not a relationship that I have ever been in that it's the sole responsibility of just one person in that relationship to do everything. And that's the way many of us treat God because we've been taught that he's so powerful and he can do all things but fail. And he's everywhere all at the same time, which he is. I'm not taking any of those things away from him. But I think sometimes it puts us in a position where we undercompensate for what it is that we can be doing about our situations. There's things that I wrote an article recently and I was giving an example and I said, you know, you can pray and ask God for a job and he can open the door of opportunity, but he can't go on the interview for you. You know, you can pray and ask for a spouse, but if you're not going to be willing to go on dates, then don't be surprised when, you know, marriage doesn't come. And so why do you think that is? Why do you think so many of us just sit back and kind of wait idly on him to do everything? Well, first you said soul relationship. And you know what? That's not a relationship. Mm-hmm. A relationship has to be two parties to be a yeah. relationship. And I think people sit back because they may be afraid to step out as Peter did out of the boat. Maybe they feel they're not qualified. You know, that imposter syndrome, who am I uh, to, to teach something or to talk about something or to witness to someone? Um, maybe the fact is that they are insecure in themselves. They have a low self-esteem. Um, there, there's so many different reasons. And I think the uh, the main one is that they're afraid to go out into today's world and say anything because we are not, they don't tolerate, even tolerate, let alone accept Christians. They don't tolerate Christians. Yeah. And so we're getting, you know, attacked uh, on every angle, but cr- we shouldn't be surprised because Christ said this would happen. He sure did. And we seem to be the only interest group, if I can say that loosely, that doesn't really try to act like we have any power, doesn't try to act like we have any authority. I said that dominion and authority is mentioned in the Bible 44 times, but we seem to be the only group of people in this day and age that the majority of us don't want to demonstrate our power. We don't want to open our mouths, but the, you know, the different sexual orientations, the different races, you know, everybody wants to stand up and be loud and proud and fight for their rights. And we seem to be the only ones that are shrinking into the, into the background. And it's, you know, that's why I'm so grateful for people like you that are willing to take a stand and go, no, there are some things that we can be doing as, as Christians, especially as Christian parents to go, I don't care what's going on in the world. This is what we need to be doing in order to raise our kids the way God says that they should be raised and frankly, empower them to be able to live in this crazy world. Yes. You know, we've already won. So we need to go out there knowing that we've, this battle's already finished. Yep. Okay. It's, it's, and it's not a battle that we really have to fight because it's already fought. It's already finished. So when you go out into the world and you, you're facing this anti-Christian humanistic culture 
you know, you have to approach them um, as if they're a wounded bird. Yeah. And, and, and have empathy and sympathy or whatever it is, sympathy for them. And this is what Jesus did. He hung around these people because they're the ones that need the gospel. When we go out there, uh, Christians tend to go out there and they're very judgmental instead of discerning. And they want to, you know, point the fingers at, at, you know, Hey, if you don't do this, this is what God's word said. Well, that kind of is why people kind of pushed back. And the fact is that a lot of not a lot, but there are many parents who are unchurched and now they want to raise their kids according to God's word, because they see what's happening in the world right now, yeah. which if you look in Genesis, it covers everything right from Genesis one to 11, all those topics God has addressed them. And so, yeah, we can go out there in power in Christ, with power in Christ, with the Holy spirit that lives with us, knowing that we, the battle's already been won. So don't be afraid. Yeah. You have nothing, nothing to worry, nothing to lose. Somebody doesn't like you. Oh, well, you know what? As long as you're going in love and your conscience is clear that you're trying to do the right thing, that's all that matters. It's a fixed fight. Yeah. <laughs> We're victorious in the good. <laughs> So Leanne, I want to talk a little bit about your personal life before we get into really giving parents some tips of how they can be successful because you know, I'm so grateful sometimes that my son is 25 years old. Not that that doesn't come with its own set of challenges, but when I talk to my friends that have smaller children and they're like, I don't, it doesn't seem like anything that I have put in them is actually being able to be more influential in their lives and the peer pressure and everything else. It makes me so grateful that I don't have grade school children and middle middle school children. So I would love to hear, you know, keeping with the theme of kingdom authority and recognizing that God has a role and we have a role. Can you ever think of a time in your life that you've actually had to operate an authority on your, of your own in order to get where you are today? Well, talking about my childhood, I had a great childhood. I had a single mom who raised me and we didn't have much, but that's okay because she was happy. We had a roof overhead, food on the table and I just remember always believing in Jesus. So um, shifting from, uh, from, from that to kingdom authority would have to probably be um, when I first started raising Christian kids, when I first started writing my books, I, I, I felt like, who am I, Lord? I had to have that mind shift. Mm -hmm. and I've given you this wisdom. I've given you this platform and this opportunity. Now you have the authority to go forth and to teach and to help and to guide. Um, so I did that at the college teaching um, Romans and ministerial ethics and some other classes. I do that. But when I first started with my books, I, I wrote these stories when my children were very little and I shelved them thinking I'd read them to my grandkids. And I was like, I felt the tapping the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? You want me to write a children's book? I had no intention of writing a children's book, let alone be an executive producer of Sea Kids, which is just phenomenal. It really is. It feeds into the lives of these children and it transforms their hearts, which is what we want, a heart transformation. So I guess the God shift for me would be with the starting of the Raising Christian Kids, um, or I mean, my um, C Kids line, and then 
when he called me to do the podcast for Raising Christian Kids. I was like, I don't want to do a podcast. I have so much other stuff I'm doing. You want me to do a podcast? But I felt that calling. Yeah. I feel like I had a very similar uh, situation when I was being called to ministry and I created a God shift. I didn't really know, you know, even though, so in 2019, the Lord showed me very clearly what my ministry was going to consist of. He said, you'll preach and teach in stadiums. You'll have a television show and you'll use your gifts to be a voice for Jesus with celebrities and politicians. I had no idea. And still to this day, some of that stuff, I don't know exactly, you know, what, how it's going to happen. The how is none of my business, but I had to ask myself, what can I do in the meantime? And so I thought, well, I can at least go live on Instagram and, and share what happened in my life when God said shift, who did I have to become? What did I have to let go of? You know, what did I have to learn? And I think for many people, that's where you can start with operating in your kingdom authority is you can say, listen, If God has allowed something to happen in our lives, because I believe that number one, disruption doesn't always have to be negative. Those are the ones that we pay the most attention to and oftentimes give the most effort to. But sometimes the disruption can be, I I had, you know, I got this job. I had to leave a job I loved, but I got this job that paid me more money than I've ever made in my entire life that put me in a position to impact more underprivileged lives than I've ever been able to do in my life. But yet that's still, you know, an unexpected like disruption. But I believe that when God allows a disruption or some form of unexpected circumstance to come into our lives, that it's really an invitation. But the question is, is how are we going to respond? And I think that thinking about how does someone begin to operate in kingdom authority, if one, if this is a foreign concept to them, or if they're like, yeah, I've read a few scriptures that says I have authority, but I have no idea what to do with it. You can ask yourself, well, what can I do with what I already have in my hands? Or what can I do based on what it is that God has already said instead of waiting on what it is that he's going to say next? Like, well, how can I steward what I already have access to? You know, um, you use the word disruption and I understand where you're going with that, but I would like to say it's, it's a, your God shift is a calling. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you hear him. So you shift your view. Okay, where you're going. It's a guy. And instead of a disruption, it's more of a um um now I have the word now I'm forgetting what it is. Uh not a disruption, but um intervention or no, yeah. there's another word I had and I can't remember it. I was trying to be <laughs> waiting for you to finish and I know I lost the word, but there's another really good word. Interruption. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. It's more of an interruption in your life. Hey, stop what you're doing, listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about it. I'm going to equip you. If I call you, I equip you. Mm-hmm. I will put people in your path. I will help you, but you have to do your part. Again, we're wa- working together with the Lord. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you do your podcast and, and people can see and hear. Uh, and, I, and I think what's the- important to recognize is that for most of us, at least I know I'm speaking for myself, the interruption has to happen in order to get our attention. Because when I had my first God shift moment um, in 2018, when the Lord was calling me to ministry, he had to allow my business to dry up. He had to allow everything around me to dry up because had he not, if I was still being invited to speak in all the countries, if I was still making all of the money and doing all the things, I would have never paid attention to the fact that he was calling me to ministry. So he had to allow that like you said, that he had to allow that 
to interrupt me because I would have never paid attention to it. I would have been like, surely there's no way that he's talking to me. And I think the Lord is like, we are with our children. And after the break, we're going to get to what do we do with our children? But I think the Lord is the way that we are with our children. We know what it's going to take to get our children's attention. And God is so committed to the result in our lives that you know, many of us are pursuing the wrong place, whether it's a physical place in our relationships and our mindset, anything that we're putting energy into that is not on the path that he has planned for us. He's going to shake us up and get our attention so that he can point us in a different direction. But are we going to see what he wants us to see and learn what he wants us to learn and go where it is that he needs most of us next? That That's, that's the question. How do you respond to your God shift? And you know, it's a disruption for some of us when we're doing something we really love, but it's an interruption that he's giving us to get our attention. So I like Absolutely. That. I, I received a prophetic word that the Lord was asking me to write another book. And then it was like confirmed twice. I spent $32,000 marketing that book. And the next week, the Lord said, I'm calling you to ministry. I want you to let all of this sponsorship teaching stuff go and come build the ministry. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That is a disruption. I wrote the book that you told me to write. And I spent, you didn't tell me to spend $32,000, but I hired all the people to do all the things because I wanted the launch to be successful. You do realize, and it was almost like he was sitting there like, I'm real clear on what it is that I told you then. And I'm even more clear on what it is that I'm telling you now. Are you going to say yes? Yes. Are you going to step out of that boat like Peter? I say it all the time. Yes. So Leanne, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to shift into how as parents, we can use our authority and raise Christian kids. And like you said in in your bio, in this anti-Christian, secular craziness, it didn't say craziness. Those are my words, not, not yours. But when we come back, we're going to share some tips with how parents can do that. We'll be right back. Okay, the commercial doesn't want to play, so I will just read it. I think we this episode is brought to you by the free guide When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right, there we go. Love technology, love technology. So Leanne, in your, when I was reading your bio, we talked a lot about raising Christian kids. That's the name of the organization that you have. And that is also the name of your podcast as well. And so I really would love to, for us to talk for a moment, if someone is, is listening to this podcast, well, let me, before I go there, why is it important for us to have a biblical worldview even now more so than ever when it comes to raising our kids? Because I I wonder how many people are even consciously thinking about that when they're raising their kids or they just kind of going through the motions. I know my son's 25 at the time of this recording. And even though we were in church, I don't know that I really gave any extra thought or any side thought to 
am I raising him to really be equipped for the world, if that makes sense? Well, my children are 31 and 29 right now. And I wish I knew now, I wish I knew then what I knew now with my research. The days are going to get more evil. Yeah. And what you have now is not only people who are anti-Christian, but you have these resources, these uh, digital media resources, these phones, these iPads, they have access not just to their friends and their friends' families, like my children did when they were young. Maybe that was the influence I had to watch for. Now you have a worldly influ- uh, influence coming across all channels uh, for attacking our children. And so I think the the biblical mandate to raise our children has never changed. Mm-hmm. It's just become an issue where, hey, we really got to start paying attention to this mandate. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says, when they rise up, when they walk along the path, when they lie down, impress these into your child's heart and mind. Mm-hmm. Impress means to mold, to brand, to mark. To rise up along the path, to lie down means every day, all day long. How often have you, as a parent, talked to your child about Jesus all day long as if he's right there with us? which he is, his Holy Spirit dwells within us and Christ is with us. So what I would suggest is maybe start just setting a timer on your phone to remind you to talk about Jesus with your child. Yeah. When you go shopping, talk about the beautiful food that God created. When you go to a park, say, look at those gorgeous little ducks. You know, God made those and we just love every creature that God has made. Just bring him in to the fold all day and pray. And moment by moment, we don't do that. And so, um, you know. That's a word for me and I'm not raising a kid. (laughs) Uh, Psalm uh, 78 says, teach even to the children yet to be born. Well, What does that mean? How do you teach the children yet to be born? Well, you know, when the baby's in the mother's womb at 18 weeks, they can hear. Mm. So you should be singing songs of Jesus, um, you know, Jeremiah, Samuel, Timothy, even Paul. What did they all have in common? They were taught from infancy. They were, well, Paul taught everything, you know, but it was not Christ, but he was taught God's word. So they were taught from infancy. And because the first seven years is where you establish that foundation. Mm-hmm. Then we build upon that foundation. And I think we need to do more of that. There's more resources. And that's why Raising Christian Kids, we're all about helping parents do that. Now, it's never too early and it's never too late. Wow. So I didn't do a lot of the things that I even suggest. But, you know, you do what you can do when you learn about what needs to be done at the time, you know, the time that you're in. Uh, Erwin Lutzer tells a story about the Egyptian tombs where they found uh, seeds plant a packet of seeds in the Egyptian tombs that were 4,000 years old. So when they brought them up, they took the seeds out, they planted them, they watered them, they gave them sunshine and they grew. So anything we plant into our children, no matter what age they are, the Lord says it doesn't come back void. Yeah. So it's never too late, but starting early will, will make it easier for you to teach them the Christian worldview. And you say, that's their worldview. 
that's man's worldview. That's what that family thinks. That's how that family acts and believes. But here's what we do as our family and do it every day and do it organically. That helps to lay a great foundation for sure. What would you say to the parent, Leanne, that says, you know what, I've raised my children in church, you know, took them to Sunday school, we've read the Bible, we sang the songs, we've done all the things. And now that they're 12, now that they're 16, and they're not under my thumb so much, if you will, and they're under the influence of other children at school, and perhaps they're being there, it's not cool to be the God girl, perhaps, you know, there's a lot of pressure to keep up with promiscuity and all of the things that are out there that are the opposite of what it is that you're teaching them. What would you say to the parent that says, I feel like I'm doing all the things and that voice on the outside still seems to be much stronger than what it is that I put in them? Well, again, I would sit down with your child. If, if, if you haven't done all these things and they're being more, they're being um, influenced by the outside world and you see a change in them, you can, it's never too late again. You can sit down with your child and say, look, you know, I noticed these things are happening and I know you like these things, but in our house, we're going to go back to what God's word says. We've kind of maybe drifted away from it, or we're not in it enough And the evil in the world is getting stronger. So we have to be prepared. So let's go back to God's word and let's see what he says about this situation. And discipline is very important. Uh, You discipline in love, but you also have consequences. I don't believe in, um, you know, behavior modification Mm -hmm. because that's like training a dog. You have to have a heart transformation in your child. Because you want them to do what's right because they want to do what's right. So you bring them in and you have this conversation and and make sure you're connecting with them and you're asking them their opinion. What do you think? And then if it comes down to it, you have to say, well, in our house, these are our rules. And if you don't abide, uh, abide by those rules, there will be consequences. Never, no yelling, um, praying with the Lord. Most importantly, live your life that way because yeah. more is, is, is taught. I mean, more is caught than taught. For sure. sure You as a parent are living your life that way. Uh, You know, wherever, whatever stage you are in, I still, my children are adults and I still tell them, remember, don't forget to say your prayers. Yeah. A couple of times they rolled their eyes at me, mom. I said, I can't help it. I'm all, I'm the parent. Once a parent, always a parent. You're, you're, you must've been a fly on the wall at our house too. My son doesn't live here. He's my son's 25. He lives in another state. But I'll say that too. Have you been praying? Yes, mom. You should know by now that I know that. I said, yeah, but I'm just checking to make sure that you're actually doing it. And one day he told me, well, I really need to get back to it. I said, well, so the answer is not yeah. (laughs) It doesn't sound like the answer to that is yeah. So you're right. It's, It's always our job, regardless of how old they get to give them support and guidance. It's a lot tougher for me. I felt like once he got like around that 21 age, because I couldn't really make him do anything. You know, at least when he was a teenager, I could take his phone, I could take his car, I could ground him. I could somewhat make him do what I wanted him to do. But when he got to be an adult and he was making decisions that was going to, um, you know, that was going to be bad for him and I could see it and he couldn't see it. And it's like, how do you, 
what do you do when you know that your child is getting ready to walk into a moving train and you've told him that the train is coming and he's still determined, you know, to, to get on the tracks. I went through a season where I thought, Lord, I'm not going to lose my faith because I trust you, but I really did question whether or not I was going to lose my sanity. Can you speak to where do we go as parents when we're, you know, when we're like, I, 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 this world seems to be consuming my child, like, how do I maintain my own mental stability and, and healthy walk with God when we're trying to raise kids in a crazy world? Well, I just want to touch first about, um, you were talking about uh, the train and everything. So help your kids envision, not just the moment, you know, walking in front of that train, but envision what's going to happen, you know, 10 years from now. What do you think it's going to look like if you keep walking down this path? You know, say you have a teenager who says, well, there's nothing wrong with smoking marijuana. It really doesn't hurt you. Well, let's look, let's look at the path. Let's research. Let's see what's happened to other people. Let's envision what could happen to you. And let's envision what could happen if you walk along beside by Christ's rules and laws and commandments and guidelines. And help them see that that does help a lot, especially with the teenagers. But for parents, hey, you know, there's going to always be something we have to worry about, whether it's our kids, mm-hmm. uh, earthquake, weather, um, political arena, whatever it is. And we just have to take a deep breath and just remember who's in control. Yeah. If God is sovereign and you believe God is sovereign, then he allows things to happen or he purposes things to happen. Yeah. And so you just have to rest in him and just, I pray for wisdom. I said, mm-hmm. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Uh, teach me, instill in me what you want me to tell others or to share with others or to do in my life and help me to have a peace of mind because that's anything else is from the devil. Yeah. He says, peace I give you. He gives you my peace. Jesus is peace. So just try to make sure that you're in the word daily, um, knowing who you are in Christ and what you can accomplish through Christ. And the other things are secondary. Nothing's, nothing really matters. It's all secondary. I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, how sometimes things have to, you know, God allows some things to happen because when my son was, I say he took a leave of absence from his mind for a short period of time. <laughs> and um, I when I was, huh? Good way to put that. Yeah. T.D. Jake says he has a son that um, I don't know that he was referring to this particular son. My assumption was he was referring to the son that has an alternative lifestyle when it comes to sexual orientation. I can't swear to it, but that was my guess. When someone asked him how that son was doing, he said he's working on his testimony. And I think that that's so awesome because I talk a lot about how important it is for our speech to be in alignment with what it is that we're believing for and not saying things that are, even though it's the current reality, not agreeing with what it is that we don't want. And I think that's a great way, um, you know, if someone asks about a child or any circumstance that is not has not fully developed into everything that we know God is going to do, gives you the opportunity to address the question, but not allow the words to come out of your mouth. Like, oh, he's doing this or he's doing that. Like, I don't even want to talk about, I don't want to agree with what it is that he's doing that he shouldn't be doing. But the point that I was going to make was when I went through this period of time with my son, and it was about seven to eight month period of time, 
I had joined a small group at my church that was um, the small group was for adulting or parenting adult children. And one of the things that the pastor who was leading that small group told me, Shana, I know how much it breaks your heart to know the types of things that your son is experiencing right now and what it is that his life choices are forcing him to go through. But I can guarantee you that life is teaching him so much more right now in this season than your words ever will. And I can almost guarantee that there isn't anything that you could say to him at this point that you have not already said and that he doesn't know. And so he's going to have to go through this in order for God to be able to do what it is that he needs to do in his life. And you can't get in the way. And so where's the, where's the balance, Leanne, you're the expert, like where's the balance between saying what needs to be said and doing what needs to be done as the parent, but also not getting in the way and like being a net to catch him every time he falls when sometimes God, maybe God needs him to fall in order to get his attention. Well, the balance, it can change from time to time. It, okay. it depends on the severity of the situation. Um, but the, the basic thing is that you, you know, set an example of how you live, let your children, whatever age they are, see how you live, pray to God, ask for his wisdom, his discernment, try not to be judgmental. We're not called to judge um, others. We're, we're called to be discerning, knowing that something is wrong. Talking to your children, having that open communication, so important. Um, don't argue and fight. Uh, you don't want to break down that communication because then you have, there's no way to, to, to build a bridge to them, to talk to them, to, yeah. to influence their lives. Um, just rest in God again, just rest in God, knowing he's in control. Do the best you can. Educate yourself. Share with your children what you learn so they know it's not only just mom saying this, but look, I found this article here. Look what this expert said. Yeah. You should be careful because this is something that could happen. Um, bring other people in, the pastor, friends, other mothers. Um, just use all your resources you can and breathe in the Holy Spirit and exhale out the stress. Yeah. Speaking of resources, I want to share a book that I read before we begin to wrap up. Someone had me read this book. It's called Messy Journey. And um, the subtitle has something to do with the prodigal child coming home. But what I loved about this book was it wasn't just the mother that was giving advice as to what she did when her child was in a messy journey, but she co-wrote the book with her daughter, who was the prodigal. And so you were able to hear from the child, like, this is the way that I really wish my mom would have approached me when I was doing this. This is what your children really need to hear. This is what it is that they want to hear. And from the, the person who actually experienced it perspective of what their advice was, not in the middle of the journey, but now that they too are on the other side of the messy journey. And so that might be something that parents could read. But Leanne, before we wrap up and tell everybody like how they can find you and all the great things that you're doing, do you have any final words for the audience? Okay. Well, before I do that, I have to tell you that was Lori Wildenberg's book. Yes. Yes. And Lori and I have joined together. We're going to be doing once a month, a podcast episode together on raising Christian kids. That is awesome. We're excited about that. Um, So the advice. um, Final words, final words. Final words. Okay. Um, You know, know you're loved. God loves you. And don't be hard on yourself and don't have any guilt, uh, I mean, or any shame. Guilt 
a little guilt can help you because listen, Paul had, um, Paul had guilt, but, um, uh, Judas had shame and we know what he did. He hung himself. So there's no shame. None of us are perfect. We're all trying to be great parents to the best of our ability. And, um, just enjoy the ride too, because this parenting journey, especially for the little ones is very short. Mm-hmm. I told my, my niece the other day, I said, she says, I don't know. I want to go back to work, but I don't want to leave the kids, but I'm not sure. I said, come over here. We walked to the wall and well, it's not the other day. It was a while ago. And I said, see those little ones on the wall. And she looks at me. I said, do you know where they are? I miss those children. I would give anything to have one more day with them because my little children are no more. I have grown adult children and I miss those times. So enjoy, enjoy every moment. Great advice. So Leanne, how can they follow you on social media? Well, raisingchristiankids.com is our website. And uh, we have a Instagram, Raising Christian Kids, um, Leanne Mancini. You know, I don't know all my social handles. Isn't that funny? Because I do more of the creative process. And Yeah. Well, you can send them to me and I'll put the links yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. But if you go to RaisingChristianKids.com, you can go to our website and see. We have over 20 free resources for parents. Perfect. that they can access, they can download and print out. And we made it very easy to print them so they don't use up all your colored ink. Awesome. Awesome. And so if if someone is listening to this and they want to take things further with you, is that the best place for them to start is the free resources on the resources on the website? Or is there some someplace in particular you would like them to go? They, they can reach out to us through email at raisingchristiankidsseries.com. Dot, wait, now I'm forgetting the email address. Isn't that all? Isn't that awful? We'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah, I just I have like between C Kids, my personal emails, and raising Christian kids, and we just transitioned now. We're a nonprofit organization. My husband and I have, for seven years, uh, put in our blood, sweat, and tears and funds, and now we want to take this to a bigger level to support families who can't afford food, let alone materials. So we're working on transitioning. We're a nonprofit now and we're working on trying to help those families in need as well. Man, when you get to heaven, the Lord is going to say, servant, well done. He's already saying it. So Leanne, thank you so much for being here and sharing your nuggets with my listeners. I know that they are going to be blessed by this. Listeners, again, share, share, share. Even if you are not a parent yourself, share this because now more than ever, our children are our future. And we've been told that forever. But the world is is in these last and, and evil days. We've got to get something good in our children so that they can impact the world positively and make a change because we have the authority to to shift atmospheres if we're properly equipped. So share, share, share this episode. I pray it has been a blessing to you like it has to me and that you will listen to another episode in the near future. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.